Good morning. There you go, a little bit better. I know we still have some people coming in. It is a great day to be in the house of the Lord, amen? And a great day to be with family. Uh, in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, it says, They received the word, and then they were baptized. Uh, this morning we have Jeremiah, who's going to come in just a moment. But he has received the word of Christ. He has professed faith in Jesus Christ, and he's coming to follow him in baptism. Let's pray, and then, he, then he'll come. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for, for baptism that you have given the church as one of the ordinances that we are commanded to do and to follow. Thank you for Jeremiah's obedience, his desire and willingness to come into these waters and to profess his allegiance, his faith in Jesus, that he is publicly identifying with family and friends and his church family that Jesus Christ has saved and rescued him. And Lord, may he continue to give witness, to bear witness to that reality, the new life that you have given him in his heart. May he continue to declare that allegiance to you going forward. Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. There you go. This is Jeremiah. Jeremiah, a couple months after I got here, one Sunday morning, the Spirit of God began to work in his heart and his life, and he, he gave his life to Jesus, right? He cried out, confessed his sins, and the Lord Jesus uh, has saved him. And so, uh, so this morning, he comes to follow him uh, in baptism. His family is here. Where's, where's his, if you guys will stand, that's his family back there. Appreciate you all. And the work that you're doing in, in discipling his heart. So Jeremiah, do you confess this morning that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and Lord and Savior of your life? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Now based upon that profession of faith, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in Christ, raised to walk in newness of life. Amen, brother. Amen. 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 Let's pray again, and while we're praying, the praise team is going to come, and then we're going to worship together. Father, you are the one that does the work. We were dead. We were alienated, separated from you. And, oh God, you caused us to be born again. You buried us, and you raised us to life in Jesus Christ. And our entire life is now to be living out that new life that we have. Fathers, we're going to talk about this morning, when you call us to follow you, you don't save us in isolation, but you save us to walk and to belong to a family, a church. So Father, I rejoice and I'm so thankful for Northside and how they have helped disciple Jeremiah and how they've come alongside his family and how we continue to do that work. There is so much work that needs to be done. I thank you for the friendships, the, the brothers, the sisters in Christ. And Lord, as we just open your word this morning, as we declare praises with our lips, may you be glorified in all that is said and done. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. If you please stand with us. So 
Himself in life. 
darkness tries to hide and trembles at his voice and trembles at his voice how great is our god sing with me how
Anybody else in here love when you can take the, well, that, I don't know how great is our God is really new, but then they merge it with a hymn like, How Great Thou Art. And I love, I love when they blend those together. Uh, well, good morning. Welcome to uh, Northside Baptist Church. We're so glad that you are here to worship with us uh, on this wet, rainy uh, Sunday morning, but it is still a great day to be in the house of the Lord. If you're a first-time visitor with us, we're so glad that you're here, that you're our guest. We want to answer any questions that you may have. We want to help you in any way that, that we can. Inside the bulletin is a place for you to fill out some information about yourself. There's a box that you can drop that in on your way out, or you can just hand it to myself, Pastor BJ, uh, on your way out. There's a place for you to put some prayer requests uh, as well. We just want you to know that, that we want to love on you and serve you any way uh, that we can. And as we're going to talk about in the message this morning, uh, we just pray that you are part of a church, uh, whether it's Northside or the Lord may lead you somewhere else as you're trying to find a place to call your own, that you would belong to a body of Christ and serve uh, that body of Christ. There's a lot of stuff that's coming up. Let me uh, draw your attention to some of those announcements so we don't have to do it at the end uh, of the service. Today's the last day uh, for our youth, our students to register for camp uh, at SWO. So if you have not registered yet, you need to do that. If you don't know how to do that, see uh, BJ, and he'll give you the directions that you need. Uh, you want to go. You will have a blast, and you will be fed the Word of God. They will challenge you uh, with the Word, and so you want to make sure you're a part of that. Next Sunday is You Sunday. Anybody else excited for that? I'm, I'm excited uh, about that. Our youth are, are going to do the entire thing. Um, Curtis and I, we get to sit back and just watch, right? We just get to enjoy it. So we were talking about that the other day, how exciting that is going to be. Uh, and so we're excited about that. They're going to teach Sunday school. Uh, Alex Roth is going to, is going to preach. Um, and so we're excited about that. They're going to lead us in worship. Uh, Wednesday evenings are back. We, we paused that for the month of January, but we're going to resume that this Wednesday, February 3rd. So that's in there um, as well, our evangelism training, which we had last week, that is online. Uh, we recorded that, so if you're interested in learning more about the three circles or how to share your testimony, you can go to our website uh, and follow a couple links. It's nbcnoonan.org. Click on the media resources link. Um, click on sermons, and then I think it's listed under special programs. And so it's about 40 minutes long. Let me just say, after BJ got done... Uh, we had a time of sharing testimonies with one another. I was so encouraged. I got to listen to a couple ladies, their stories, and how God has changed them. Man, there is something about somebody's story that just moves you. And, and you have a story. God has changed your life, and we want you to share that story of his grace uh, with others. Uh, let me also just say a special thank you to all of those who helped uh, with Upward the last two weeks with our evaluations uh, and to all of you who are going to help this upcoming season as we seek to reach out and minister to the families that are going to come uh, to our campus. We just want to love on them uh, in the name of Jesus. We're going to have a lot of fun, but first and foremost, we want them to know about Jesus. Let me read a verse of scripture, 
It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, you've either noticed from the bulletin or from the, the Lord's Supper cups that are underneath your chair that we are going to take the Lord's Supper together. We're going to do that at the end of the service. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28, it says this, Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So I want to give you a moment before we continue uh, to sing together, just to take a moment to examine your heart. Is there any sin within your heart, any unconfessed sin, anything that you're holding on to this morning that before we eat of the, the bread and drink of the cup, that you just want to confess that to the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to give you a moment to do that, just to pray, Lord, search me. Uh, you already know me. Make these things uh, known to me. And then I'll pray, and then Curtis is going to come and lead us uh, in a time of worship again. Father, we thank you for the joy that we got to already experience this morning with, through baptism. Father, as we end our service this morning with the other ordinance that you've given to the church, the Lord's Supper, Father, we pray that the rest of what takes place this morning will continue to be exalting and pleasing to you, but Lord, it will also, you'll use it to prepare our hearts. Father, that as we think and remember sacrifice of your son Jesus you are laying down your life willingly voluntarily to rescue us from our sins to rescue us from our brokenness and our wretched state as we think back upon that and remember that this morning together as the body of Christ here at Northside we also look forward and will continue to do this Jesus until you come for your bride oh Jesus you're coming we don't know when, we don't know the day nor the hour, but we know we are closer now than we were yesterday. And oh Jesus, will you come? Will you come for your people? Come quickly, Lord Jesus. But until you come, may we be found faithful, having given ourselves first and foremost to Christ, who is the head. May we also be found faithful, having given ourselves to the body, which is the church. The very people you gave your life for. Oh, God, move in this place, we pray. Spirit of God, work in us. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Let's stand once again.
be seated.
is the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Let's stand again as we sing it together. Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty, teach me faith and beauty. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words. Wonderful words of life. Christ the Blessed One gives to all wonderful words of life. Sinners listen to the loving call, wonderful words of life. All so freely given, wooing us to heaven. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words. Life, beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Sweetly echo the gospel call, wonderful words of life. Offer pardon and peace to all, wonderful words of life. Jesus, only Savior, sanctify beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life, beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Amen. Remain standing, if you will, in honor of the reading of God's Word. Take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. If you still have any kids in here that would like to go to children's church, second grade and under, you can make your way over to the education building at this time. Acts chapter 2, as we continue our series that we're in entitled, Be the Church. Be the Church. We're going to begin reading in verse 41 of Acts chapter 2 and read through verse 47. And this is the word of the Lord. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You may be seated. There have been many reasons and excuses given over the years as to why someone does not attend church. As to why someone does not belong to a church. And so I read something this week that I found interesting and so true. And I think it does a good job of showing how silly our excuses can be at times. And so this is a pastor who wrote this. And 
he applies some of our excuses that we give to church and he applies it to sports. And so if you're a sports fan like myself, it makes even more sense. This is what he says. Football in the fall, basketball in the winter, baseball in the spring and summer. This pastor has been an avid sports fan all his life, but I've had it. I quit this sports business once and for all. You can't get me near one of those places again. Want to know why? Every time I went, they asked me for money. The people with whom I had to sit didn't seem very friendly. The seats were too hard and not all comfortable. I went to many games, but the coach never came to visit me. The referee made a decision with which I could not agree. I suspected that I was sitting among hypocrites. They came to see their friends and what others were wearing rather than to see the game. Some games went into overtime and I was late getting home. Preachers have a tendency to go long sometimes too. The band played some numbers that I had never heard before. It seems that the games are scheduled when I want to do other things. I was taken to too many games by my parents when I was growing up. I don't, want to, I don't want to take my children to any games because I want them to choose for themselves what sport they like best. Some of the excuses that people have given over the years as to why they don't attend church, we would never give those same excuses as to why we don't go to sporting events or do some of the other things that we do. Now look, I understand this morning as we talk about belonging to a church and being involved in a church that there are people all across the spectrum, from those maybe watching online who never go to church, tuning in for the first time, to those of you sitting here, you are really, really involved at Northside Baptist Church. And so there's one question I want to pose to us this morning, knowing that some in this room may be wrestling with this very thing, or those watching online, or maybe those who will watch down the road. Is it possible, based upon Acts chapter 2, and other passages in the New Testament to say, I'm a Christian, but I'm not the church-going type. Or to say, I'm a Christian, but I don't belong to a local body of believers. I've given my life to Jesus, but I don't attend church. You know people like that. You have talked to people like that. Hey, are you a Christian? Yes. Oh yeah, where do you go to church? Well, I haven't been to church since I was 10 years old. 15 years old. So is it possible, based upon the New Testament, to say, I belong to Jesus, but I'm not involved in a church? I want to show you three pictures here that I think make the answer clearly no, it's not possible. And then I just want to speak from my heart for a few minutes. So first, let's ground it in the scripture. Here's the first thing I want you to notice, and that is I want you to see a picture or a snapshot of the early church. This is what we have in Acts chapter 2. This is where we're going to start. Just a little background, right? In chapter 1, J.J. Washington preached on this uh, earlier in the month, right? Talking about Jesus' final words to the disciples. That he was going to pour out the Spirit of God, and they were to wait for that. And so we see them gathered right there. There's 120 of them, according to Acts chapter 1, verse 15. and chapter 2, the Spirit of God descends upon them. They're filled with the Spirit of God. Uh, Peter begins to preach a sermon. I don't know if he offered an invitation. I don't know what that looked like. But verse 41 says, So those who received his word 
If you go back a little bit, verse 38 says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He gives them the gospel. They receive the word. And then what does it say? They were baptized, and there was added that day how many people? 3,000. The church explodes. It goes from 120 to 3,120, give or take a couple numbers there, right? And so they receive the word. And so what Luke is doing, and he does this a couple times in the book of Acts, is he's giving us a summary. And what he's summarizing for us here is what the early church looked like. This is a summary of what this first group of people who would make up the church, what they look like. And what do they devote themselves to? Verse 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching verse 44 says and all who believed right this is what we talked about last week this is where it starts if we want you to be a disciple it starts by you receiving the word of God and believing upon Jesus Christ being a follower of Jesus Christ holding fast to the authority of the word of God worshiping the one true God only right it starts with believing and so they were believing and receiving and devoting themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship and the fellowship, we'll circle back to that in just a moment, and to the breaking of bread. This would have been the Lord's Supper, most commentaries say. Right? They were devoting themselves to the breaking of bread, the Lord's Supper, and also other meals in their homes, and the prayers. So the early church, you say, well, what did the early church do? And sometimes we say, look, we want our church to grow, so let's look at other churches and see what they're doing and how they're growing. But what we really need to do is look at the early church to say, what did the early church do? Because it doesn't matter what the other Baptist church or Presbyterian church down the road do. If they're not doing what the Bible says to do, we don't want to do it. So what does the early church do? Well, they're devoting themselves to these things. And notice one of the things they devote themselves to. Fellowship. Fellowship. That Greek word is koinonia. There are 3,000 people who believe on Jesus for salvation. They are saved. And what do they do? First thing they do is they follow him in baptism. They publicly identify themselves. I now belong to Jesus. This is who I'm following. And then what do they do? They gather together. They begin to come together, right? We would call this the early church, this fellowship, this koinonia. The Greek word means association, communion, fellowship close relationship it speaks of partnership it speaks of sharing look what else he says verse 44 and all who believed were what together they were together they weren't at their own homes doing their own thing they were together the word together refers to a gathered community with a strong emphasis on their unity. These people come together. Verse 45, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. They came together and began to build relationships with one another. Their lives so drastically changed that they begin to say, hey, what's mine is in essence yours, right? If you have a need, I want to help you. You're my family. We're in this together. We're doing life together. We're in a community sharing with one another. You can't do that alone. you got to be together to live out what they're talking about in verse 45. Verse 46, and day by day, attending the temple together. They, at first, continued to go to the temple, and they no doubt would give testimony and testify to who God is. They attended the temple what? Together. They would go together and breaking bread in their what? 
homes. Their homes became a place where they would continue to gather. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. What do we as a church need to be about? We need to be about the things that we see here in Acts chapter 2. Devoting ourselves to the, the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God, becoming together in fellowship, the breaking of bread, and praying together. So this is a snapshot of what the early church did. And right off the bat, we notice they're doing it together. I'm going to give you the second picture from Scripture, and that is the family of God. The family of God. Paul and Timothy talks about the household of God. Prior to your trusting in Jesus Christ for salvation, you were lost, dead, on your way to hell. You were alienated from Christ, dead in your sins, and you were an orphan. You had no home, and God was not your father. He was your creator. He had created you, but you had rejected him, walked away from him, so you were not living as though he were your father. But through faith in Jesus Christ... Not only are you saved from hell and rescued from hell, but you are adopted into the family of God. God becomes your father, not your mother. He becomes your father, your heavenly father. You become a son and a daughter, and you also become members of the household of God. You become part of the family of God. Of God. You become part of the church universal. That is, you are one of millions and millions and millions of people who will stand before Jesus, those who ever lived, are living, and will live. But you also must give yourself to a local family. So when we talk about discipleship, disciples who make disciples, we understand this must be pursued through the church and not apart from it. Hear me. You, through Jesus, are not a spiritual orphan any longer. So don't live like one. Don't live like a spiritual orphan. J.T. English in his book called Deep Discipleship writes this, spiritual orphans do not have spiritual fathers and mothers to care for them. They do not have spiritual siblings to encourage them. They do not have their own spiritual sons and daughters to grow in the faith. When we adopted Malachi, right, he went from an orphan, no, not having a, a mother and a father, not knowing really who he was or where he would wind up. Not only did he gain a mom and a dad, but he gained an older brother. Like he, he took on a name and he was part of a family. To live your life as a follower of Jesus apart from the church is to live as a spiritual orphan. Why live as a spiritual orphan when you are a son and a daughter? Give yourself to the church. Give yourself to the body of Christ. You belong to the family of God, so live and love and serve in the family of God. Here's the third picture. In the New Testament, we see over and over and over these commands that we call one another commands. In the New Testament, there are over 50 references about how we are to relate to one another. Let me just give you a few of these, and you tell me if you can do this alone. Love one another, serve one another, encourage one another, do good to one another, instruct one another, forgive one another. It's going to be really hard to do that by yourself. You cannot live out these commands, these instructions alone. Right? These one another or each other statements speak to relationships. 
It is speaking to you living this out in a local community of believers who identify with Jesus and are following Jesus. You can't live out these one another statements and commands in isolation apart from a community of believers. Think about this. When Jesus called the disciples, right, he called them individually. They were to personally follow him. But what does he do? He brings the disciples together. There's 12 of them. And we see here the 120 who are gathered waiting on the Spirit of God. They're not in their homes alone. They are together. And when the 3,000 are saved, they stick around, many of them having traveled to Jerusalem for, for Pentecost or right the, the Feast of Weeks. They're there. And instead of going home, they remain because they want to learn more about this Jesus. They begin to give themselves to one another. Here's the verse we often use when talking about gathering as the church. It's Hebrews 10, 24. And we know the one phrase, but before that phrase, it says this. Let us consider how to stir up one another. And it says stir up one another to love and good works, not just to stir up one another. Some churches do a really good job of just stirring each other up. But we're to stir one another up to love and good works. And then he says this, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You cannot stir up one another to love and good deeds alone. Don't neglect the body of Christ. So that's just, that's just some, some scripture to, to, to ground this in the word of God. And there's a whole lot more that we, we could talk about, but I'm trying to preach a little bit shorter this, this morning uh, because we still have the Lord's Supper and I just don't want to tack it on to the end. So that's some scripture. Now, let me share, let me share my heart with you. Four things, and I'm going to speak to each different group uh, as we go. Number one is this, my desire for you is that you and your family would be actively involved in a church, that you would be actively involved in a church. So let me speak to those of you who have been visiting with us for a while, or those of you, maybe this is your first Sunday or your third Sunday, your fifth Sunday, right? And you're looking for a church. You know you need to belong. You know you need to be involved. You know you need a community. So let me, just, let me just speak to you for a moment. And I want you to understand, I know it is hard to find a church. It's hard. You have, I don't know how many churches in Noonan in the surrounding areas that you could go to and visit. There are a lot. It is hard to find a church. It is particularly hard to find a church if you have to leave a church because you relocate. You move. You just move away and you have a church that you love and people that you love and you just can't attend there any longer. And it's really hard to find a place that is just like the place you called home. It's hard to find that. And so I want you to know if that's you, whether you're watching online and you're thinking about, you know, when this virus is better, where are you going to attend? Or you're here and you're thinking about where do I plant myself? Where do I get involved? I want you to know that number one, I'm praying for you. As you're thinking about that, if you've been attending and you've been thinking about, I need to join, I need to belong here, I'm, I'm praying for you. And secondly, I want you to know this, I will never pressure you to join Northside Baptist Church. That is not my MO. I want you to be where the Spirit of God leads you. And if that is here, we will welcome you. And we commit to helping you grow to be more like Jesus, but I want you to find a place I want you to find a place that you call home and you say, this is my family, I'm all in, you're my brother, you're my sister, you're my mother, you're my father in the faith, and I'm all in. So that, that's number one. 
Those of you who are looking for a church, and if you think Northside is it, man, will you call me this week, stop me on the way out, and say, hey, I want to join. I want to belong here. I want to become a member here. What do I need to do? Uh, and I would love to help you know the next steps. Here, here's the second thing. Gathering with the church, the body of Christ, must be a priority. It must be a priority. You first give yourself to Christ, and then you give yourself to one another. You first give yourself to Christ, who Paul tells us in Ephesians 5 is the head of the church, and then you give yourself to the body of Christ, which is the people of God. Those in the early church met regularly, and they met willingly. Martin Lloyd-Jones says their instinct was always to come together, and you could not keep them apart. Gathering with the church must be a priority. I am so thankful for a mom and dad who modeled this for me. Man, I was in church since I was in the womb. Man, my parents taught youth. My mom sang in the choir. My dad was a deacon. We were there. We were involved. It was a priority. And they instilled that within my brother and my sister, that we are to belong to a body, to believers, and serve them, and love on them, and be there for one another. And I am also so thankful that when I was growing up, we didn't have things to compete with gathering with the body of Christ on Sundays. We have a generation of people my age and younger, Christians, who spend their lives on a baseball field two to three Sundays a month. I wasn't an option for me. And I praise God it wasn't an option. We didn't play baseball on Sundays. But now, that's the culture in which we live. So I'm, I want to say this with love in my heart. Parents, it starts with you. You modeled this. You do not give your kids the option of that. You don't. We had opportunities. We had options to let Landon play on travel ball teams. We're not going to do it. Will it cost him? Is he not as good as some other kids because he hasn't played as much? Absolutely, I believe that. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay because I want him to know what matters first is Jesus and giving himself to the body of Christ. You said that. School is not an option for your kids. They go to school. And you teach them work is not an option. You have to go to work. You can't wake up three out of five days a week and say, you know what, I just don't feel like going to work. You have to go to work or you won't have a job. I don't know why or when it happened that church became optional for Christians. School's not optional. Work's not optional. Loving and serving the body of Christ should not be optional. Give yourself to the church and it must be a priority. And you know what? Your kids may grow up and they may rebel against the church. But they won't be able to say, I rebelled against the church because you never took me. They won't be able to say that. They may be in church every Sunday and still rebel, but at least you before God made that commitment to get them involved in the church. And let me just add, when you gather with the body, make sure your motive is right. Because your kids can see right through your motives. 
They know if you're just coming to check a box off. So when you stand before God, you can be like, look, we went to church. I mean, they know. They know when you get in the car, if the first thing you start saying is negative about the songs we sang or how long the pastor preached. or you know, They know. They pick up on that stuff. So, so prioritize the body of Christ. In two weeks, Pastor BJ is going to talk about how we serve the body of Christ. Make that a priority. Here's the third thing I want to say quickly. Our responsibility as a church my responsibility as a pastor is to develop ministries that provide you opportunities for learning, for community, and for evangelism. And all our ministries and all that we do must be fueled by a great God. So you, as an individual, must be committed to learning. You should say, look, I want to increase in knowledge. I want to increase in learning. I want, I want to be involved in places where I can learn the Word of God, Preach, sitting under the preaching of the Word, sitting in a class where you're studying the Word of God, right? having your kids involved in a water where they're sitting under the learning of the Word of God, but we must also provide you opportunities for community where you can build relationships with one another. So very quickly, where does that happen right now best at Northside? Well, I think right now where that happens best is through Sunday school. We have phenomenal teachers, Amen. We have teachers who study the Word of God, who know the Word of God, and who are faithfully and rightly dividing the Word of God. And my prayer for you is though you may be involved in the, the worship gathering faithfully, if you're not involved in a Sunday school class, my prayer is that you will make the commitment to get involved in a Sunday school class so you can sit under the learning and the teaching of God's Word. And I also think the best environment for us to develop community right now is through a Sunday school class except for when we're in the midst of COVID, which has kind of messed that up, right? Because not only should your Sunday school class, I think, be gathering on Sundays, but as a community, you should be gathering outside your Sunday school class during the month in people's homes for times of just community and of building relationships. And COVID, I know, has messed all of that up. I get that. But eventually, it's going to get better. And so my prayer for you is that you, will, that you will get involved in a Sunday school class where you can learn the Word of God and build relationships. And I know some of you, you teach. You teach children or you teach students, and therefore you can't sit in an adult Sunday school class. Can I encourage you to find a class to make your own, even though you can't attend on Sunday mornings? So that when that class, when COVID is over, begins to do things outside, you still have a place to belong. You, you're getting emails, hey, we're getting together at, at Chris's house on, the, on whatever day, and we'd love for you to come. And you know that you can still feel welcome there and begin to build this community and relationship. Our responsibility as a church is to develop ministries that provide opportunities for learning, community, and evangelism. And then it's up to you to say... We want to get involved. We, we want to grow. We want to learn. We want to give ourselves. And here's the last thing, and then we're going to pray. Last thing is simply this. Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? See, I believe someone who has given their life to Jesus, that their life is going to be changed. And I believe one of the things that they're going to desire is to be part of a church. Martin Lloyd-Jones, in his commentary on the book of Acts, says this, and he pulls no punches. He says, do you want to come together with other Christians? If you do not feel this desire, there is only one explanation. You are not a Christian. 
You, you, you can agree or disagree with that. I, mean, I, I think that's pretty blunt. But look, if there is zero desire whatsoever for you to be in church and be part of a church, you're watching online and you just don't think it's necessary, you know people who say they believe in Jesus and they're never involved in a church. I mean, have, they really, have you really given your life to Jesus? And I, I can't answer that. That's between you and the Lord. Only you know if you've given your life to Jesus. What I believe, what I've seen modeled for me, what I've seen the Lord do in my own life, is that when you give yourself to Jesus, you have a longing and a desire to be with other brothers and sisters. You want to be with them. You want to serve them. You want to love them. You want to be loved by them. So that's my prayer for you, is that you would belong. So let's go back to my question before I pray. Is it possible, based upon Acts chapter 2, and other New Testament passages of Scripture to say, I'm a Christian, but I'm not the church-going type. And I believe the answer is emphatically no. It's a contradiction. It doesn't exist. To give yourself to Christ means you're going to give yourself to the church. And listen, all of us, we can all be more faithful. We can all be more willing to love and to serve. And we're going to talk about that again in, in, here in a couple weeks. right? We can all grow. But my question for you is simply this morning, where are you? Do you belong? Is Northside your church home? Are you praying about that? And if it is your church home, are you involved? Are you learning? Are you in community? Are you involved in Sunday school? Is Sunday morning a priority? Are you involved in our Sunday nights? Are your kids in Awana? Are you taking advantage of our Sunday night Bible study? Are your students here? Parents, are you setting an example? for them that look it's not a question we're going to church it doesn't matter what you want to do we're going and all the while you pray that the Lord will change their heart where are you do you belong do you belong I pray that you belong and that this is home that you understand this is as much your family as your blood relatives this is your family in God family of God give yourself to him give yourself to the church and let's belong let me pray and then we're going to transition into the to the Lord's Supper Father, I'm thankful this morning for the church, the body of Christ that calls herself Northside. Oh God, I've seen over the last year the love, the generosity, the kindness of these people's hearts. I've seen their love for Jesus. I've seen their love for our kids and our students. And God, if there's anyone this morning who's looking for a church, looking for a place to call their own uh, Lord, I, I couldn't recommend a church more than, than Northside. And God, I just pray for your spirit to lead them. Where, where, where can they get involved? Where can they use their gifts and their talents for you and your glory? How can they love? Father, for those, of, for those in the church who call Northside home, Lord, maybe they're not in a Sunday school class. Or maybe, God, right now because of COVID, they haven't been able to be involved. And, and Lord, we, we understand that. But, but I pray they're still reaching out and trying to stay connected the best that they can. Lord, are we taking advantage of opportunities to, to be in the Word and to learn and then to, to live out our faith in community with others? Father, for us as a church, as we think about being placed here strategically for such a time as this, Father God, help us to reach this community. The ministries we do that, that reach beyond these walls, Father, into Noonan and Sharpsburg and surrounding areas, Father, we want people to know that we exist for the glory of God. That we have the good news of Jesus Christ. And we're going to love on every single person who walks in this door because they need Jesus. Are we willing to go, Father, into love and serve? And then, oh God, is there anyone here today that does not know you? 
that does not have a relationship with you, that has rejected you and is living in sin, oh, Spirit of God, would you convict them of that, that they might repent, confessing their sins and taking hold of Jesus Christ. Father, as we transition now into this time of eating the bread and drinking the cup and doing it together, together, Father, remind us of this bond that we have in Christ. That is all because of the blood of Jesus Christ that has forever changed our lives and the way we look at this world. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If the Lord has laid a decision upon your heart, if you just need to talk this week to me, feel free to call the church, email me. If you want my cell phone number, I'll give that to you on the way out. I would love to be able to have some conversations uh, with you. So hopefully you've noticed underneath your chair you have um, the Lord's Supper elements. It's still unique for me to do it this way. I'm so used to doing it a different way, but in, in this COVID era, we still need to be extra safe. And maybe by the next time we do this in May, on the fifth Sunday in May, things will be better and we can go back to, to serving the way we're used to serving it. But, but nevertheless, we are uh, commanded in Scripture to do this, and so we want to be faithful to that ordinance. And so what we're going to do is what we did last time. I'm just going to read the scripture for you. Uh, Miss Ann is going to play a couple verses of a song. And so if you'll just, during that first song, take that time to, to prepare uh, to eat of the bread, if you'll open that up first. This is what Jesus said. Uh, the Apostle Paul writes, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So as Anne plays, you spend some time in prayer and prepare to eat the bread. And we'll do that together in just a minute. Jesus said to the disciples, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus then looked at them and said that this cup would represent a new covenant that would be ratified through his blood. And so again, as Miss Ann plays, would you prepare to drink of that and just be mindful and grateful for Jesus and the blood that was shed for you.
Let's pray. Father, your word says that through the cross, you reconciled us both to God and then to one another, thereby killing the hostility. Oh God, as we drink of this cup, just a moment, as we think upon the blood of Jesus, we're so often reminded that it is through the blood that we are made right with you. This morning, in light of the message that was proclaimed, let us be so thankful that it is also through the blood of Jesus Christ that makes us right with one another. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, I have brothers and sisters in this room that I will spend all eternity with. I have spiritual parents in this room and grandparents in this room who are loving on my family and encouraging my family. And none of that, none of that is possible apart from the blood of Jesus Christ. So as we drink this, oh God, remind us that we are one in Christ and that we are together. And may we be faithful to remain together until Jesus, either you call us home or until you come for your bride. Let me ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Goes on to say in verse 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. As we leave here, this morning, as we go our separate ways, let us be reminded that we go, and we go to proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ. Ryan at Michael is our deacon of the week, and so he's going to come and close us in prayer. And if you'll please stand, and if you will just do us a favor on your way out, if you will just pick up your trash from the Lord's Supper, we'll make sure we have a garbage can out there in the foyer for you. If you'll stand, Ryan will close us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving us this time to gather together in your house, Lord. Lord, thank you for the privilege of that. Thank you for just all that you have done for us, Lord. Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your goodness in us, Lord. Lord, I ask that you work in each of us, that we would be truly a part of your body, Lord, that we would be serving you, that we would be loving you, that we would be loving others as we should, Lord. Lord, work in us throughout this week, that we would continue to be striving towards that. Ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.